Hi everyone, welcome back. This is our number two most listened to episode. And this one was a bit of a surprise because until the past two or three weeks, it hadn't even been on my top 20 most played list. But all of a sudden it's jumped up to number two. So here for your listening pleasure is Shadow People. Hello and welcome to Walking the Shadowlands podcast. Let me be your guide as we take a walk into the shadowy realms of the unexplained, the paranormal, of things that go bump in the night and haunt your dreams. Your hosts? I'm Marianne, and I would like to welcome you to our first ever podcast. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Today, whatever time it is, wherever you are living in this beautiful world of ours. So sit back, relax, and let me be your guide as we walk into the Shadowlands together and discover what awaits us there. Picture this. You're sitting in your lounge, perhaps watching TV or enjoying a cup of coffee at the kitchen table, when suddenly you see this dark shadowy form out of the corner of your eye. But as soon as you turn your head to look at it, it quickly and furtively darts away, leaving you wondering, did I really see that? Or was it just my eyes playing tricks? Or did I just imagine it? So, You shake the image and thought out of your mind and brush it off as being mere imagination. Although there is this niggling feeling in the pit of your stomach that what if feeling, what if I actually saw something? This happens only once or perhaps continues sporadically for days, weeks, months or even years. One day, without warning, you are suddenly confronted by a dark figure. This shadow you had been seeing in your peripheral vision now standing directly in front of you, unmistakably, undeniably in your face. Darker than the darkest night, blacker than black, you are seen a shadow person. What is a shadow person and what do they look like? Many people report shadow people as being like a shadow that you see on a wall, but it's directly in front of you, in your face, blacker than black, blacker than the darkest night. Sometimes a shadow person appears as the silhouette of a person, most often male in shape, but not always. And usually they lack any other sort of characteristics or gender. However, there are many different descriptions of shadow people. For example, there are shadow men that are seen wearing hats along with a jacket or trench coats, sometimes with a briefcase as well. There are hooded shadow people, cloaked shadow people. Sometimes they can even appear in the form of animals. This is a doctor's experience with shadow critters, as he calls them. I've run into shadow critters from time to time in the past, most recently at a convention a couple of weeks ago. The furthest back I have is probably 2000 or 2001, with two exceptions, which I have separate hypotheses for. Most of the time I saw shadow critters the best way I can describe them. They were small, probably hamster-sized, and moved rapidly, just like rodents. 
although I do not recall seeing any details aside from a projection which reminded me of a short tail. Usually they were spotted running across the open floor or up walls, which is very disconcerting. They would usually disappear after five or six seconds in full view. One moment they were there and the next they were not, as if someone had switched them off. My apologies for mixing metaphors. The first hypothesis that came to mind was that a glitch in my visual cortex was responsible. Others in the area corroborating what I saw nixed that idea, although the possibility of a group reinforcement of a mistake in interpretation is a very real one. At this time, I have no explanation for the phenomena or why so many people are reporting sightings. Some even say that shadow people are able to shapeshift. Generally, shadow people have no discernible facial features, although sometimes they are seen with very vivid red, yellow or green glowing eyes. This is the Reverend Mary Yankee's experience with a shadow person. I work as a psychic medium and the unseen doesn't scare me. Given that I've been doing clearings of people, spaces, and land professionally for over 25 years. Before that, I have had paranormal experiences since I was a baby. Not much scares me anymore. One story I have is more funny than scary, although others might not think so. Here's the backstory. Pretty much every home in which I have ever lived has been haunted, probably because of my sensitivity. In one place, my bedroom was in the finished basement so that my numerous children could have the bedrooms on the main floor. Our pet cat, aptly named Spooky, kept spraying all over the basement. And when I contacted a pet psychic, she told me that there was an entity that lived in the laundry room in the unfinished part that kept taunting him. As an alpha male, he was trying to set boundaries with it. I didn't sleep much downstairs since I was going to college full time caring for four kids and working. I would fall asleep in the recliner in the living room over my homework. One other thing that you need to know about me is that I have an issue with being woken up while I am sleeping. Wake me even 30 seconds before my alarm goes off and I will throat punch you. One night, I actually made it to bed in the basement. I set my alarm for my usual 6 a.m. and fell asleep immediately. At 4.13 a.m., which, by the way, seems to be a running theme when the unseen wants to mess with me, I woke up feeling a chill on my neck and rolled over to find myself face-to-face with a three-foot-tall shadow person. He was like black soot, wispy around the edges, but deep black in the center with glowing red eyes. Despite the semi-darkness in the room, I could see him clearly because he blotted out everything behind him. By this time, I had been woken up by hundreds of entities and spirits over the years, so all I felt was annoyance that he had disturbed my sleep. We looked at each other for a moment, and then I said with real irritation, what? His head snapped back in what I took to be surprise, and then he disappeared with a pop. It seems that I had disconcerted him a bit. I was never bothered by him again, although my cat still thoroughly destroying the carpet in the basement. Hey, I was a busy single mom. I did not have time to deal with their spat. There's a saying that goes, plumbers have leaky faucets and carpenters have squeaky doors. It would make sense that a psychic medium would have an entity. 
Shadow people come in all sorts of forms as well. You can see absolutely solid shadow people. Some have described these as if they were looking into a black hole. They can appear wispy in form with edges that are indistinct, or they can appear really smoky like a fog in front of your eyes. Some shadow people are only seen partially like from the waist up, or you can see their legs as they run away from you. Shadow people are known to dart into corners to walk through walls. Some also creep up them and sometimes across the ceiling as well. These ones are called creepers and tend to be the type that really put people on edge. They walk into or out of closets or hide behind television sets, bushes and buildings and sometimes they simply fade into the darkness of the night. There is not really one single common denominator that might coalesce or unify the many different types of shadow people that come into our dimension of being. The only really common theme is that they are dark, intensely dark, blacker than black. Ian from Wisconsin, USA, shares his experience with shadow people. So yeah, my shadow person experience... It happened when I was 15, 24 now, so about nine years ago. And I was sitting in a chair at my computer desk. Behind me is a doorway with no door, uh, just an archway leading into the other room. It's at an angle, and in that room is a sliding glass door. Um, and then one day when I was just sitting there on the computer doing my thing, I heard the door open I heard the sliding glass door open and I turned around to see what it was and it was just a pitch black arm like reality had been cut out and an arm was put in its place and I saw it moving to shut the door it drew away from the door and that was that i took a moment to just collect my thoughts you know what had just happened i'd seen a color i'd not seen before a black of this black um then as soon as the thought hit me that it could be an intruder in my house i just sprang up into action got going and that was there was nothing there there was absolutely nothing there. And even my little dachshunds, my little dogs who bark at everything, were just calm in front of the door, like nothing had happened. The experience was just completely and totally surreal. It, it creeped me out at the time. I didn't really know what to think of it. I didn't feel unsafe afterwards, per se. It just really made me question what reality was. I came across this definition on a website, ranker.com, the other day when I was researching for this podcast. Shadow people are, quote, dark, inorganic, phantom-like, bipedal figures that look just like a dark black shadow of a figure but don't seem to have quite full human form or facial or bodily delineation. They feel very masculine and oppressive and something that is beyond human and out of our scope of understanding, end quote. Some shadow beings, like the ones that I personally saw when I experienced them as a young teenager, appeared flat, absolutely flat. 
Back in the late 70s, I was living in Hamilton, New Zealand, and had befriended a single mum and her two daughters. They were absolutely awesome people, and the mother was a really hard-working woman, doing the very best she could in an absolutely horrendous situation. They would tell me about paranormal things that were happening in their house. They said they could see shadows running around the walls of the house, which terrified them. They were so scared of what was happening that all three of them would sleep in the same room at night. They told me that they would see these two-dimensional shadow creatures that seemed to run around the walls in the rooms, particularly in the lounge. I listened to what they told me, but you know, at that stage of my life, I was really young and immature, and I certainly had no experience in this area to be able to offer them any suggestions on what to do for their home. They may not even have listened to me anyway, as I was just a kid. One night, early in the evening, when I was visiting with them, I saw them for myself. It was actually a really interesting experience. We were watching TV and just chatting about nothing in particular. It was early winter's eve and about well, probably 5.30 or 6pm, so it was already dark outside. When out of the corner of my eye, on my left-hand side, I saw a small, oh, about three-foot shadow in the form of a person, but flat, two-dimensional looking and very, very black. It's really hard to describe exactly how this being looked. The closest I can come to describing these beings is that they were like paper cut-out dolls where you cut a figure out of a piece of paper and you use it as a base to fold paper clothes on. Kids still play with them these days. It looked like that, flat, two-dimensional. It seemed... It really just looked like a shadow of a small person that had been silhouetted onto the wall. So I saw this being out of the corner of my eye, and once it was aware that I saw it, and this was really interesting, because I recognised right then that this, whatever it was, had an intelligence about it, and an awareness, certainly enough to be aware that I had spotted it. And once it was aware that I saw it, it began racing around the wall just absolutely at a fantastic speed. I can't explain the speed. It zipped. It just zipped. But as it raced around the wall, it was like it was suctioned to the wall and followed every groove of each surface it encountered. The walls, the door jams, the doors, the skirting board on the bottom of the walls. It was just really fast and hard to describe. It moved so quickly, and as soon as I saw it move, it was immediately followed by at least two others. They raced all around the room about three or four times. They went around and around and around and around, and then they just disappeared. The girls were absolutely hysterically crying. Their mum was ashen-faced, and I honestly was just stunned. It is one thing to hear about it, and another entirely to experience it and with witnesses. The feeling that came off these beings was definitely one of fear-inducing or more actually feeding off the fear that they had created, that they had induced in the family. I, was personally, was just fascinated by what I was seeing. I was stunned. I didn't feel any fear. I just felt shock. Even though seeing the shadow people clearly like this was a regular occurrence for the family, or perhaps because of that, the family, though, was absolutely absolutely traumatised and devastated. They also had other paranormal things happening in their home. Unfortunately, the family was unable to afford to move from the home for some time, and when they eventually could, there were no longer any issues like that. Which tells me now, in retrospect, 
that the entities were actually attached to the home and not to the family. It is hard for me to explain exactly how flat and two-dimensional these entities looked, but the weird thing to me was that their limbs moved normally, as the humans would. So, that was my experience with shadow people, and to this date, I have never, ever had another. Stories of shadowy beings have been found around for centuries and span over most cultures, and often they are a folklore favourite. They are mentioned in the Quran as pitch-black sapient beings that aren't entirely spiritual or physical. Mention of them also dates back to early 600 BC. Ancient Egyptians believed in shadow people and called them the Kalabut. They also believed shadow people came and went on behalf of the spirit world. Sometimes they had good intent, sometimes malevolent. The ancient Romans believed that these people came from the underworld. Greeks thought shadow people were literal shadows of themselves, which they had given to the god Zeus as a gift, and all these cultures, though, had a common belief that these shadow people were both part of the real world and the paranormal one. In 2001, the undisputed king of late-night paranormal talk shows, the late great Art Bell, on his show Coast to Coast AM, first brought the subject up one night when he mentioned that he had received some emails from people who had been experiencing these entities or beings, and he asked if his listeners had seen similar, and if so, could they call in or perhaps fax drawings of what these beings looked like? Well, you know the old saying, be careful what you wish for. Art was absolutely inundated with phone calls, faxes and letters. In response in April that year, he brought on a guest, a Native American elder by the name of Thunderstrikes, to discuss this subject from a Native American perspective. During the show, he asked people to send in drawings of their experiences. The response again was overwhelming and crashed his website. Jumping on Art's bandwagon in October that year, author Heidi Hollis published a book, her first on the subject of shadow people. She made a feeble attempt, in my mind, to claim that she and her researching the book had discovered this phenomena and that she had come up with the term shadow people. This despite the fact that Art had used it on his show in the beginning of the year. So that is hotly disputed by some. Art interviewed her on his show in 2002, and she became a regular guest after that. What cannot be disputed, however, is that she did coin the term Hatman for the shadow people who are seen in hats. The term Hatman has sort of stuck around since then, but she goes a little further and states that shadow people are connected with aliens and are here on earth to spread evil, and absolutely all of them have only negative intentions. So that is how shadow men came into our mainstream attention and became part of the subjects of many TV shows, movies, books and radio shows. They have been integrated into most of our media since then, all thanks to Art Bell. This is Victor's Hatman Experience. I think I saw one of these when I was a little kid. I can't remember much about it. I'm 43 now. I was in bed and, I think, asleep. Dreaming at first, but I remember a man was standing in front of me with a black coat and a hat with a brim around it, and I don't think he had any face. Everything was just black, but whatever it was terrified me. I woke up crying, and when I looked in the corner of my room, even though it was dark, I could see something black in the corner.
I remember, I yelled for my dad, and he came and turned the light on, and nothing was there. I never saw it again or thought anything of it, until I heard someone on a radio show named Coast to Coast describe seeing a man with a hat on. Something about him was extremely scary, even though I never forgot that dream, or whatever it was. From what I can remember, he wasn't very tall though, only as tall as me, and I was maybe about mm, six years old. There are many theories about shadow people and where they come from. Let's go over them briefly. So, one theory is that they are ghosts or spirits, which are really the same thing, just different names. That they are stuck here on earth for some reason and are merely a shadow of their former self. Some feel they are aliens, particularly the hat man, and that the hat is used to cover the shape of the head. Author Rosemary Allen Guiley appears to also have seen an alien connection. Quote, I discovered that many shadow people experiences are also ET experiences, especially abductees, end quote, Guiley told Psychology Today in an interview. The jinn are said to be connected to the shadow people. But are, are these all the same thing and just people experiencing them in different ways? Or are they separate entities? Another theory is that shadow people are normal humans who have astral travelled or projected in their sleep, which everybody does, but not everybody recalls it. We'll discuss astral travel in a later podcast. Some say that shadow people are interdimensional beings from a parallel or another dimension, or some being who is simply travelling between dimensions. Ghosts are a form of interdimensional being, but from a different realm. This is the theory that I more tend to favour. Some people see shadow people as guardians who have been sent to protect or to warn us of impending danger or something bad about to happen. Then others see them from a more traditional perspective, and by traditional I mean religious perspective, and see them as dark and evil beings who take the form of shadows and like to give them labels like demons. This perspective could come from two areas, one through religious indoctrination of whatever persuasion, or this could possibly come from the feeling of fear, dread and panic some feel when encountering these beings. Of all the shadow beings, the hat man is seen in this latter category as being particularly dark and evil. Some of these shadow people, especially the hat man, has been described as giving off a feeling of real malevolence and creating absolute fear in most who see them. Although actually many people can feel fear simply because of the shock, surprise and possibly confusion a person feels when viewing any paranormal or unexplained experience and not merely from the shadow person themselves. The most common characteristics of shadow people sightings are feelings of impending doom, depression or intense fear that seem to radiate from the being itself, although there are always some examples that contradict the rule. Some say they, in fact, have had positive experiences with them. This is Cole's story. When one hears about shadow people, they simply jump to the conclusion from what they've heard that they are evil. They say not to welcome them, but living or not, I say they deserve a chance and they all shouldn't be called evil because not all are. I'm 17 and have one in my living room. He eliminates my depression or sadness. I've been told it could be someone my dad has sent or it has a message for me. 
I've been called crazy and all that jazz, but I don't need people to believe what I see and feel from my shadow man. I feel his energy and everything, and nothing bad has happened to me. Merrick's Experience Whenever I am bedridden from terrible migraines, my son says there is a shadow man standing at the foot of my bed or by the window. We have lived in many countries and he always comes when my migraines are extremely bad or I am sick. When my son was little, the shadow man would make faces at him to make him laugh and would also tell him to be calm when he was being naughty. Now he just stands guard. I've never seen him but my son who is now a teenager does he doesn't play with him anymore but he does nod to him as if to say it will all be okay we have tried things like asking him to leave but he just smiles shakes his head and waits until i am feeling better before disappearing is this a relative or an angel he certainly is looking out for me and seems very kind and firm but with a job to do really like that song, Are You Scared Yet? by Sasha End featuring Admiral Bob, licensed under Creative Commons 2019. For more information, be sure and check out my podcast site, walkingtheshadowlands.com. This is Hannah, who is going to share her experience of a shadow woman with us. So, yeah, I was about 11 and I remember I was at school, I was in the classroom and out of the corner of my eye, I noticed a black shadowy figure um, just probably a couple meters away, just behind some desks. Um, and 
I turned to look and there was nothing there, but when I turned back, it's there again, the shadowy figure, and I feel, um, you know, a really angry presence and I can see her just there just watching me. Um, and everywhere I went, she was just in my peripheral, just watching. So did you feel a lot of malevolence and hatred towards you coming from her? It's more just anger that I feel from her. Um, and when she is around, my mood turns as well. I've become quite an angry person myself. Being so young, that must have been pretty scary for you. Yeah. Was this shadow person when you saw her in the shape of a female or did you just get the feeling of female energy? No, I could make out uh, that she was wearing a dress, which is what gave it away. But I've never seen, well, I've, she's appeared behind me in the mirror, but I've, she doesn't have a face. It's all just like a black mass. When you see her, Hannah, is she well defined or are her edges like wispy and indistinct? It, it's it's a bit of both really I mean she's you know it's all it's all wispy and blurry but at the same time it's a clear like I don't know it's really hard to describe them isn't it yeah I had the same problem myself so how often would you see her do you think um I don't see her so often anymore maybe once every couple of months um but from maybe the ages of 11 to 15 16 it was basically constant she was just always there do you feel that perhaps she was there during those times because it was a very angsty period for you like you were going through puberty you're finding yourself your emotions are really high at that stage and do you feel that had something to do with it yeah, I definitely do. Um, her her presence didn't help the teenage angst. Um, definitely made it worse. But yeah, that that must have had something to do with it. Of the times that you've seen her since, have these been times of upheaval in your life? Yeah, she does tend to appear when uh, when I'm struggling with something in my life, which is frustrating because all she does is make things worse. There is a school of thought that these beings feed off the emotions they generate in the viewer. Yeah, that sounds about right. Do you feel, Hannah, that in the times you see her, that she's aware you do? I think so. There are times when she, you know, um, she would do things to get my attention, I think. Like, you know, um, I remember one day I was... I was at home at night um, after school and I could see her out of the corner of my eye in the corner of my room and I wasn't paying any attention to her and um, I whispered to myself that I was, you know, I just wanted her to go away and at that moment my bedroom door slammed and the mirror fell off. Went and opened the door and picked up my mirror and I said to my mum, did you just slam that door? And she was like, Hannah, the door didn't slam but I vividly saw it and heard it and had to pick up my mirror, so. That's really interesting. You know, some researchers have talked about an Oz factor around paranormal encounters. 
What I mean by art factor is like you sort of feel like nothing else exists and you are only in the moment. Everything seems really still and surreal and things that are happening to you aren't necessarily heard or experienced by others. It's kind of like you're in this cocoon or bubble and there could be a storm raging around you but you wouldn't see or feel or hear it. It's really an interesting phenomena. Do you have any experiences with a shadow person that stand out more than others? I'll have to think about that one. Um, not particularly. I mean, the time, you know, the time the door slammed in, the time I saw her behind me in the mirror, those were definitely standout experiences. But other than that, she's just, um, you know, she's just there. Yeah, I just have to um you know now I mean she's been around for so long that when she appears I kind of I know what's going to happen you know to my mood and right kind of handle it better um yeah so is that something you've learned over time do you think just to you know accept it I don't think um, I don't know how I would even, you know, get rid of her. She's just, she's never physically harmed me, so um, I can cope with it, yeah. Have you ever told her to leave? Yeah, I, I have said um, before that, you know, I want her to go away and um, I don't, you know, I don't appreciate her presence in my life, um, but it just, you know, it just makes things worse, really. Something bad always just happens after a tour. You know, it just, uh, my mood will get worse. I'll get quite angry and irritable and so. It seems to me like you're picking up her moods or being influenced by her, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When you talk about things getting worse, what would happen, like, would things happen around the house or just in your life personally? Yeah, like I'd start having really, um, really awful nightmares, like just, you know, horrific things um, that I couldn't I couldn't forget or put down. And, um, yeah, just in my personal life, uh, it felt like um, everything was just, you know, on a, downhill slope like a really steep one <laughs> that must have made things quite difficult for you I imagine yeah has she ever spoken to you or said anything to you I used to when she was around more often I would hear uh you know voices like whispers um when she was around occasionally um you know, as if people, it was like uh, there was a voice coming from another room um, calling to me, but uh, I never really acknowledged it. Good for you. Have any of your family members seen her? No, no. Um, and I've never really um, experienced anything, um, you know, paranormal in their life. They're quite closed off to it. I wonder if that made it harder for you when you were still growing up. I imagine it did. Yeah, 
In retrospect, do you feel there may have been any reason why she targeted you at that age? Yeah, at that stage of my life, um, I was uh, quite weak. I didn't have um, many friends. I was very open and susceptible. Right. There is a school of thought that shadow people target vulnerable people who are experiencing difficult periods in their lives, stressful times, and certainly my experience showed that. Because of the energies you put out when you were going through an emotional time, your energies are quite highly charged and the thought is that these beings feed off the energies. When was the last time you saw your shadow woman? It was about, well, it's been a couple of months now, about two months ago. Um, and yeah, I was going through a difficult time because I'd just moved uh, to the other end of the country and I was really struggling, um, you know, being so far from my family. And I remember one night um, seeing her just standing at the end of my bed um, as I was trying to get to sleep. When you saw her, how long, how long did she stay for in that visit? And did you see her full on or just out of the side of your eyes? Um, it was just out of the corner of my eye. She was there for maybe uh, maybe half an hour and then I think I ended up drifting off to sleep. I guess that says how accustomed you had become to her so you didn't even have to bother to stay awake anymore. Not anymore. I just leave her to it. <laughs> Good for you. Well, Hannah, I would like to thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I really appreciate that. It's all right. Anytime. <laughs> So what are their motives or purpose? Honestly, how long is a piece of string? To try and describe human motives and purposes to beings that obviously are not human really is a pointless exercise, simply because they are not human and therefore do not think, feel or act in the same manner we might. Some people like Heidi Hollis and one TV show medium by the name of Amy categorically state that they are only here with evil intent purpose and to bring utter negativity. I feel as though we need to be very careful to not ascribe human motives or actions to these beings. There are some other schools of thought about these beings and these come from a scientific and physiological perspective rather than a spiritual one. One is that this phenomena is related to drug abuse, as in this quote from the Phoenix New Times website, where they were discussing two 20-year-old tweakers. Quote, All the window blinds are closed. Cindy explains that so the shadow people can't see inside. The shadow people, you should go away at night, Shana adds, but why take chances? End quote. So this implication is that shadow people are visual hallucinations from drug abuse, but not everyone who sees these beings are drug abusers or have mental health issues. So perhaps for a very small percentage of experiences, this might be a valid reason, but it certainly does not explain the vast majority of them all. In an article in the New Science magazine in 2006, they were discussing a scientific study by the neurologist Olaf Blank of the Mind Brain Institute in Lucerne, Switzerland, where he and his colleagues were attempting to identify the source of epileptic seizures in a 23-year-old woman. And I quote, They applied a mild current through surgically implanted electrodes to various regions of her brain. Not much happened until the researchers stimulated the woman's left temporoparietal junction, TPJ, located roughly above the left ear. 
Suddenly, she reported feeling the presence of a mystery person behind her, a motionless and speechless shadow that imitated her body posture and actions. He lay beneath her when she lay down, sat behind her when she sat down, and attempted to take a test card from her when she tried to participate in a language exercise, end quote. So they were, and perhaps still are, researching if activating this area of the brain can explain some of these sightings. Perhaps it can explain a single person seeing something, but how do you explain it when, like in my case, four of us saw the same thing? Another explanation that is often put forward for sightings is that people are having sleep paralysis episodes. Sleep paralysis is a feeling of being conscious but unable to move. It occurs when a person passes between stages of wakefulness and sleep. During these transitions you may be unable to move or speak for a few seconds up to a few minutes. Some people may also feel pressure or a sense of choking. However, there is a real physiological aspect to sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis does not, in the least, explain the majority of the experiences that people have when wide awake and in a sober state. This is Maria's story. I don't know if it was a shadow person or a ghost that haunted the house we were living in, but it was definitely black and I could see it and felt evil. I would see it in my room almost every single night when I was about 14. I was curious because I could see it and so I tried to ask it questions and then that just pissed it off. In the next couple of days it was just super aggressive. So I did what came naturally and got aggressive back. But at the same time I was really scared and fearful. I started seeing like black portal things around the house during the day that quickly disappeared. So I told dad about what was happening. And he blessed the house and my room and taught me a karakia that his mum taught him for protection. Sometimes it would sit on my bed or on my legs. I remember when I tried to ask it, what's your name? It pushed me down and I ran out of the room crying and slept with mum. In the beginning, nobody believed me, so I stopped telling everyone what was going on. I stopped doing the karakia because I felt like it wasn't doing much at all for me. And after a few months, I ended up being comfortable with it. All of a sudden, the last time I seen it, my state of mind was completely different. I approached it like I knew what I was doing. I felt relaxed and powerful. Nothing could touch me. I did the karakia super calm, and then like a force field dome came out of nowhere. It was like crystal clear with shining colours and it was growing from where I was and didn't stop and it pushed the shadow out of the house and it never came back. In this episode of Walking the Shadowlands, we have talked about shadow people, what they look like, theories about where they come from and what they are. People have shared their experiences with us. When I researched this episode of the podcast, I was frankly surprised at how many people have experienced these beings or entities in their lives. There were just so many experiences I could have and perhaps may, if you are all interested enough, 
do an episode just on personal experiences. Let me know what you all think. You can email me at shadowlands at yahoo.com. And if you like the show, then please consider supporting me on patreon.com. Become a subscriber. And for a few dollars a month, you can support this show and help cover hosting, bandwidth and other expenses like royalty fees for any music I may use in future episodes. As a subscriber, you will get access to back episodes of the show and other extras. Also, you will always get my absolute appreciation and love. Patreon.com or check the link out on our website www.walkingtheshadowlands.com Thank you so very much for listening tonight, today, wherever you are in this beautiful world of ours. If you haven't already, then please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review. Spread the word around about this podcast. Invite your friends, family and workmates to subscribe and listen too. And we will see you this time next week. Thanks for listening. 